You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas, Graham Trainer. Yeah. Oh. Yep, sorry. I'm, Go ahead. Happy, I'm happy, sorry. Happy July. Let me talk, Massey. I've been off for a week. I got lots to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How was the show last week? Stelling and I talked college football realignment for about 45 minutes. That's pretty good. That's I, a pretty good amount of time. Yeah. Straight? Yes. I mean, it, okay. I was like, I don't know if we can fill the show. Um, all the stuff that's going on, like we can touch on college football realignment and we got in the weeds. So if you want to get to college football realign and in-depth analysis, download our podcast. First off, we are a radio show. Just to clarify, we have mm-hmm. a radio first show. And foremost, first and foremost, first and foremost, we're a radio yeah. show here on 89.1 KHOL. But our radio show, we were told years ago, could be turned into a podcast. And we're like, podcast, huh? What? Who does that? Turns out every single white white man in America has got a podcast, <laughs> ranging from foliage to sports. Sports probably being the most popular. We stand out among all of them because we're not a podcast. We're, in fact, a radio show that gets turned into a podcast. There needs to be a word for that. We don't have it. We're a radio show until further notice. So download our podcast, rate and review, please. It helps us out. Um, trainer. Yes. You were traveling to the Jersey Shore Jersey Shore. Tell us, tell us yeah. about it. Did you find any rum ham? Didn't find any rum ham. Didn't find Snooky. Didn't find Polly D. Didn't find the situation. They're all old or dead, and I'm not really sure exactly. I think one's um, in prison still for tax evasion, but whatever. That, that's that's Mike. The situation, yeah, gone too soon. Um, I don't. Oh, think shout he's out dead. to he, shout out to James. Dead. He just went to jail. James James Con. Well, he could be in there for a while, Massey. You just you don't really know. People are going to come out the same way. I don't think you come out the same way from jail or prison. I don't know the difference, but it's anyway, probably a pretty good bet. We went to the we went to the let's just say the for the the listeners out there, the Gulf Shores, the Destin of the Northeast. It was nice. It was a fun time. Beautiful weather. I uh, had a couple of rainy rainy moments there. Lost a few lost like a you know, a few half days of tanning. But I feel I feel pretty good. I feel pretty tan. Nice. I'm excited about that. I like how um, I like how tan is a is a good factor of how you're feeling. I'm feeling I'm good, good and tan. Well, it's so hot down here. It's like you can't even – you don't want to be outside to tan, so you got to go somewhere where it's a, at least like bearable, a bearable oh. temperature to be outside for a while. But, yeah, but the water the water felt great. Um, ate a lot of good foods, lobster. Talking to the mic, lobster. To my, to my PAs. Yeah, it was good. Good um, times. Good wine. Good, okay. Good time. Good friends. Good family. God is good. Great, great, great oldies. Um. Okay, I have a I have a one question here. Which is yeah. better, yeah. Gulf? Your you know Gulf seafood compared to East Northeast Coast seafood. It's a tough one. Um, Which is better? Hmm. Can I can I plead the the Dan Snyder? I don't want to be subpoenaed in front of the Supreme Court. No, you cannot. You cannot do that. You're being subpoenaed here in the court <laughs> of Third okay. Coast Gulf Coast right here okay. on TST. Okay. Um, Whew. I'll answer that for you. I got a whole diatribe on it. Can I go? Can I go Middle Atlantic? Back, back off from the mic just a little bit, just a little right, sorry. bit. Sorry, too excited. A little well, closer, a little closer. Goldilocks, right, a little, little further Goldilocks. away, a little further away. Medium, hot. Am I? Am I hot? Am I cold? You're too hot too there. Big? A little back, right there. A little back. 
Um, talk to me. Talk to me about um, the Atlantic Coast, Mid Atlantic Coast seafood because that's overrated as well. Oh, really? Is it? Yeah. In your Old opinion, bays. Why? Old bays. That's no. all the spice you got, Mid Atlantic. Old bays. Yeah, I mean it's it's good and all that stuff, but like, dude, there's nothing like old bays and crabs. I'm like, yeah, there is. There's plenty of stuff like this. I guess I haven't spent. That's fair. I haven't spent as much time in the Mobile, New Orleans areas to like really give you. I you know I, I'm a I guess a Destin, uh, Chesapeake Bay, and then I guess like north like yeah northeast Jersey Shore. Um, all right, all right. I'm I mean more- I, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I can't. It's it's apples and oranges. Apples and oranges a bit. Dude, every time you eat seafood in the South, it comes probably fried with a side of French fries. Yeah, well, fried fried isn't fried. That's like steroids in baseball. That's steroids in baseball. You can't fry something and say it's better than the fresh stuff. Ceviche. Oh, you got to give me a break. Have you ever had a fried oyster po'boy? I mean, mean, oysters off the half shell. Chesapeake Bay oysters are great. But those, yeah, exactly. when they call them steamers up there in the Northeast, my my exposure is is Massachusetts seafood. They're like, look, it's butter and seafood. I'm like, can we get something in here? I mean, it's good. Oh. Don't get me wrong, this is good, but we need a little something, a little pow. But whatever. We're just talking about, spi- We're just talking about spices and seasoning, or fry, or being fried versus fresh. Yeah, I, I think I uh, prefer no, the fresh. We're not fried. Doesn't necessarily not mean fresh. It can be, but I'm telling you. Crawfish is better. Gulf shrimp are better. Uh, oysters Gulf are better. Gulf shrimp, I'll give you. Crawf- crawfish overrated, in my opinion. Well, that's because you Gulf don't shrimp. know what you're doing. Gulf, uh, no, it's not true. Gulf shrimp, Gulf shrimp, I will give you. I will give you that. All right, where are we? Are we talking sports yet? You brought this up. This is I'm your just idea. telling you. I'm just I think this is you. coming from home. You you brought up Massachusetts, and then I was like, oh, this is about this is about home. <laughs> <laughs> Gulf, I'm telling you, Gulf Coast seafood just – I'm picky. I'm a picky seafood guy. Gulf Coast seafood, the best. Gulf Coast, hey, third I'm, coast. When someone asks you where you're from out here, people say East Coast. Some people say West Coast. I say third coast, Gulf Coast, baby. This isn't like a. Um, it is. It's know. exactly like that. Whatever you're about to say. I think all three tiers are pretty close. I don't think there's any there's anything that I would say I would never say no to any three of those. No, any no, three never, never. Yeah, never. Three, Not three in a million locations, years. The three re- the three regional seafoods. They're all great. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get to sports, shall we? I mean, we were talking about seafood for the last four minutes. I'm, we're not even a seafood podcast. We're not even a podcast. We're a radio show, as, as said earlier. Shout out to Long John Silvers. Bison Goring update. Are you ready? That's what I wanted to hear about. I want to hear about the wildlife. I want to hear about the game meat. All quiet. No. All quiet out there in Yellowstone. On the 4th? Yeah. Oh, I was hoping to come. I, I actually didn't read anything. Uh, you know, I'm on vacation, like, you know, kind of jet setting on the on the East Coast and yeah. didn't have the best Wi-Fi. So I was like, I was actually curious of like coming on the show without looking to spoil anything for myself. There was no Gorings. No nothing. Gorings. We're still sitting at four. Now, if you bet the over. Pretty high. One and a half was the over under set of Memorial Day. It is now currently standing at four. You think I'm joking. I'm not joking. People have been in the hospital. People have been in helicopters. We don't joke about this. We don't People joke have about been this in the back of ambulance, rushed to emergency rooms because they gotta take a picture with a bison. Don't do it. Maybe they've been listening to our show. Good job, guys. Good job. This is the first time listening to our show. We do bison gorings every summer. Oh do good you think- job in the last two weeks you have not gotten gored by a bison, general public. So you think we've been like a good warrant, like the, the month of June, yeah. we made enough, we made a good effort and now 
we've turned things around for the the people out there. Yeah, Grease and Palms and some Park Rangers. Yeah, Grease and Palms and Park Rangers. And I was like, can you just uh, make all the radio stations besides 89.1 KHOL fuzzy in the park so 89.1 is the only one that comes clear so we can get our message <laughs> across, don't get gored by a bison? All right, all right. Just had a little take a little wash down, wash down dinner. Um, let's huddle up. The huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on. We have a flex quote slash question of the week we have the goat on of the week and at the very end if we have time we're going to talk about college football realignment in our own Ooh. way if we could do it how would we do it so uh, mainly just which teams we would start our mega conference w- with i'm going to take the fox news. alert massey picks alabama i'm going to take cbs and fox news sports sports on this um trainer i'm going to kick it to you what is your good news of the week Oh, the Lakers' new head coach, uh, Ham's is his last name. It's not John Ham. Okay. Um, he said he's fixed Russell Westbrook, and he's going to have a huge season. Mm. Mm. Russell Westbrook found his jumper. Found his jumper. He's going to shoot corner threes. He's going to be a completely new player. Um, this he's... is my sarcastic good news because <laughs> I actually have good news after this. Wait, hold but, on a second. Yeah. That's very funny for a coach to be like, and after 15 years in the league, I'm finally yeah, going to unlock Russell Westbrook's potential. At age 33, Matsy, could you imagine somebody trying to teach you something new at your age? No, I thought about the other. No. I thought about that the other day. We were doing some software updates to our scheduling today at work. Perfect. Perfect and analogy. I was like, Jesus yep. Christ, what is yep, this? Exactly. We don't have to bring the Lord into it. But yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I get it. I get it. If I was 33 years old, I'd, Russell Westbrook, I'd be like, just give me the 47 mil and I'll sit on this bench. But do you know who has been tearing it up on the Lakers Summer League? Uh, Jay Huff. Oh, Jay Huff's on the Lakers summer yeah, league. Yeah, he's on the league summer league, league summer league squad. So just be prepared for Jay Huff taking the NBA storm. Quick question for you. All right, you may know you may know this better because you work with Todd closely. So yeah, you guys are still in the same, late again. Same studio. Um, is the summer league affiliated with the G League? Is it is the G League technically the summer league, or are those completely separate? Todd? Some, yeah, uh, yes. I mean Massey. Yes, yeah. the G League kind of acts like the baseball farm league, where they the seasons run parallel. Yeah, and so if they're they're kind of like any any G League player when he gets picked up, suppo- like not supposedly should be in game ready form, and the summer league is for like rookies and sophomores and any and, and any G League player to kind of showcase what they're what they are, and they all go to Vegas, I think, or maybe they go to Los Angeles, or it's maybe a, they go to Vegas. You, you got it, you got Indianapolis, it. Yeah. one of those towns, and yeah, they all Vegas. and they all play, and and it's kind of like. When I was playing competitive basketball, and by competitive basketball, I mean in oh, high back school. Back to you. Mm-hmm. In back high school. Your, yeah, your personal experience in the summer league. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying like a lot of basketball <laughs> happens in the summer. Like a bunch I know, of schools. Summer camp. I know. Summer, summer schools. Camp not in that, but like you as a unit, as a school would go. Like we went to Tallahassee, Florida and and played 20 games in, in seven days, you know, just like back to back, shortened quarters. All that stuff, and it's got to be something similar because they're just developing. Because NBA is coming yeah. up; it's coming up just as quick as college football, not as quick, but just pretty quick. Oh, you mean you mean the season? Yeah, the season's right around the corner. The NBA and NHL seasons are always right around the corner, and baseball is long as hell. But then there's like you know the winter goes by, and you're like, oh yeah, baseball's actually been gone for a while. Baseball that is has, true. You know, yeah, it's true. See, you look at you. I, time I can tell goes. You, time can, goes slower in the winter. You know, in the summertime, people are like, yes. oh, my gosh, it's almost football season. You're like, yeah, we didn't have football 
for March, April, May, June, July, August, but those are pretty right. nice months. So we were outside doing stuff or we were, you know, you have projects in the wintertime, you kind of huddle up, it gets dark around five o'clock and you're like, well, there's, yeah, the, the saints miss the playoffs and Massey's like, where's, when's baseball start? I'm, I'm like, Massey's January. Just, Dude, the saints, know, gonna, saints are going to, saints are going to win the NFC South this year. <laughs> saints are going to win whoa, the whoa, NFC actually, South. Perfect transition. Perfect transition. My real good news of the week, a new elite quarterback in the NFC South, Baker Mayfield, to the Panthers, <laughs> to the Carolina Panthers. Nasty. They have finally found they have finally found their replacement for the Jake Delome, Cam Newton regimes. This reminds me of when Troy Aikman handed down to Romo, handed yeah. down to Dak. Here we go. Thanks we for listening. Thanks for listening last week. We covered this extensively. Oh, I'm sorry. I I I downloaded, subscribed. Yeah. I reviewed, but didn't listen. But I will. I'll sum it up. Bring it on. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, QB controversy. Like, what could be better? Who's going to start for the Carolina Panthers? It's like, I don't Matt Corral. care. I don't. Well, I, honestly, Matt Corral is probably sitting there like. Wild card. Matt Wild Cor- card. Matt Corral is sitting there like, I'm supposed to learn a couple of things from these guys? Which one am I supposed to be watching? <laughs> like, this game is so different. I don't know how tall Sam Darnold is, but Matt Corral's up there, right? He seems to be like 6'5". Like six four, yeah, six he's, five. He's tall guy. Yeah, he's and his the guy game's from, a little different. Yeah, he's the guy with the the big hands, the thick joints, all that stuff. And the other two are just a couple couple scrubs from the 2018 NFL draft that have fallen flat on their faces and are on their second team. Both on the second team now. So yeah, it's funny that B- Baker Mayfield. I if you were to put if me in an NFL GM uh, room and they said. Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? I would say Baker Mayfield nine out of ten times. It'd have to be a very particular yeah. situation for Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, for me to believe in him. He's like, no, I'm getting out of that, getting out of the Jets' shadow. It's like, no, you're pretty bad at football. You're just not that yeah, good. We're, we're still, we're still giving him way more credit, way too than much there. benefit of the doubt for being in the jet shadow still in year what, 2018. So we're going into year four or five and we're still saying like, it's all the jets fault. Like, yeah. no, it's just, you know, it's about, sometimes it's just you. Yeah. Sometimes think, you don't see the cornerback and you throw it directly to his hands. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Like I think like Baker moving on and that's good. I'm glad that uh, if you guys covered this extensively last week, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I thought your good news be would be something else. The what? I thought your good good news was going to be about a coach coach's rumor. Have you heard that? The coach of what? All right. There's a lot of rumors about Sean Payton coming back to the NFL. Oh, I, what? From where? Yeah, and uh, from his non-compete clause after he retired. He only has like one or two years on it. Um, who was it? It was Miami, which they just hired uh, San Francisco's offensive coordinator. And it was... The Chargers, Stanley, uh, Stately, excuse me, or what? What is Brandon Staley? Staley? Yes, yeah, Staley's right. Yeah. Um, if he falls flat on his face, Sean Payton, Ooh. they're thinking about the Sean Payton out to San Diego, but so it's really everyone's looking at Mike McCarthy. And be like, if you blow it, Sean Payton's just going to move in. He lives next door. This was this was my plan years years ago. Yeah. With Sean Payton. Sean Payton was always supposed to be the Cowboys coach. Well, now you may get him. Good. No, he, hasn't, he hasn't signed a uh, contract to do any. Sean Payton, what is he good at? Offense? Jeez. He turned, That'd be nice for the Cowboys. Yeah, he yeah, turned I an mean, average quarterback into a Hall of Famer. I mean, how easy is that? Average. Average. Massey. Let's, you know. Drew Brees was an average quarterback until he started playing for Sean Payton. I thought you were talking about Dak. My bad. 
I think you meant turning turn a a recent the Black Kirk Cousins into a non-average quarterback. Oh, 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 no. Yeah. If that if Sean Payton would get into the Cowboys facility and be like, oh, Dak, you can throw it past 30 yards. Oh, no, not even that. You can throw it 15 yards down the field. Oh, I have a whole dusty section of my playbook that I should just <laughs> I should just turn to and see what I re- see if I remember any of these plays. I have some great ones. So so Drew Brees' career is only because of Sean Payton. No, but it, it definitely helped. I mean, did you see it? The, it the schemes that that allowed Drew Brees to have success? Like it was definitely some of those plays were absolutely scripted where Drew Brees just had I mean, he had a couple of choices to make, but it was a system and Drew Brees mastered it. But Brees didn't really Brees didn't really have a lot of talent around him. I mean, I feel like he had Colston. Like, who else did he have? Jimmy Graham? Like, is Jimmy Graham even on the Super Bowl team? Like, I feel like Drew Brees did a great job. Jeremy Shockey, ever heard of him? Yeah, but that was Shockey after the Giants. Jeremy Shockey that was, was kind of like Super Bowl champion Jeremy Shockey. Yeah, well, I mean, Eli Manning. Jeremy Shockey, I thought am I am I a complete did, idiot? Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy Shockey was tied in for the Saints when they're in their when they beat Peyton Manning the in the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. You're right. You're right. My bad. And I would have to forget I forget the running back core, but I don't was it Mark Ingram? No, they won in this Mark Ingram. Here, Thomas? Mark Ingram won the Heisman when the Saints won the Super Bowl. Reggie Deuce, Bush and Deuce McAllister. Deuce oh my McAllister, gosh. Reggie Bush and Pierre Thomas. It was right? not Reggie. I don't think Reggie Bush won a Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure he did. I think oh it was my Reggie gosh. Bush. I'm going to have to. I feel bad. It's been a, the P, it's the been PT a lot cruiser, of years. Pierre, Pierre Thomas. Years. I know. I know. COVID 2010. Yeah, I think. COVID brain? Yeah. Talking about yeah, you know. Massey's bad habits brain. That was 12 years well, those, ago. Th- those two. But I think Pierre Thomas was actually like a pretty pretty important part of their offense back then, even though he was kind of an average running back. Yeah. All right. Well, let me um let me do a little I'll get Todd on that research. Um please do. My good news of the week is a couple different things, and it all adds mm-hmm. up to one. Big twelve media days. Mm-hmm. Feel Phil still steals college football magazine. You know those college football magazines used to pick up at airports and they just ranked randomly yeah. all the college football three teams. hour flight yeah three hour flight why might as well spend 9.99 you're like who who is gonna finish fourth in the pac-12 this year this is interesting um yep. sec media day start monday oh jimbo versus saban jimbo saban mike part leach two. lane kiffin like yeah. these are characters they are characters and then you know that kirby's gonna be there with his sweet visor just being like, yep, I think our guys are going to be pretty good this year. we got a tough on defense. All this leading up, the college football is getting closer. How far are we out? I think we're under 40 days. 45 Ooh. days is the, if I – That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, what, it's 31 days in August plus 15 – ooh, that is 46 days. 30 days past September, April, June, and November. Yeah, July 31 – August 31. So, but there's a game in August. It's college football, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. somewhere I just, yeah. I just did some, I did some rough math there. College football is almost back. My favorite version of football. Now it is getting to the point where I think we're going to college football m- might be completely disassociated diso- with the schools themselves in about five to 10 years. And we'll be rooting for the ESPN U conference or whatever. But we'll, I mean, it's back. I'm going to watch. I don't care what people are like. This is the death of college football. I'm like, what are you doing on Saturday in November? You're watching college football. Yeah, you're still going to watch it. It's not the death of it. I'm no. definitely 
I, I know the, the, yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where the nostalgia of each conference having its own kind of, um, kind of, you know, not format, but what am I, what am I trying to say? Style, style of offense, style of defense, the way they play. It's going to come homogeneous. It really yeah, is. And it's, and I feel like, you know, I, I think with USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, that's like the biggest shoe to drop so far. I mean, Texas OU were big, but this is this is that was bigger. And I think it's just obviously the dominoes are continue to fall. All right. So this is my stuck on, but but let's let's continue down this road. Texas and OU kind of make sense. Like I could wrap my head around Texas and OU, right? Yeah, it doesn't the styles don't feel as crazy. Right yeah, now. they are I mean Texas is nothing. I, Texas hasn't proven anything. It's not well, like they have Arch Manning. Someone, Arch Manning. someone goes, oh well, like the Big Twelve airs it out. I'm like, Texas can't do anything. They are not good. Although they do have no. the best, arguably the best running back in the country uh, next year. Anyway, point is, and former offensive coordinator of Alabama. Thank you. And <laughs> my point, my point is, it's like Oklahoma and Texas are kind of next door to the SEC. Yes. And when so, like, UCLA and USC, like, I'm California, and Maryland's like, I'm four time zones away. Yeah. That part doesn't make sense to me. And I, and I said it last week. It's like, there's so many, so much logistics and change. But also, it was pointed out to me that if USC plays at four o'clock on, in the afternoon on Saturday in Columbia, Ohio, there's going to be twice as many eyeballs on them if they play seven o'clock kickoff West coast time when the East coast already in bed. So the big 10 kind of did a rough calculation and said, well, if Ohio state travels to LA, there's going to be eyeballs on it. But if USC is playing Northwestern at one o'clock in the afternoon, people are going to tune in to see that more so than more so than usual. Right. So like yes, there will be, yeah. It's true. There's there's a long-standing argument that West Coast teams don't get enough respect because they're not watched by East Coast critics. So now the USC will play on, on the Eastern time zone and the Central time zone more so than they'll play in the Western time zone. Yeah, 100%. I mean, LA, LA college football, especially since like the Pete Carroll era, has been definitely been down. Down, non-existent, non-existent. Yeah, non-existent. And UCLA has had a couple runs in the uh, in the March Madness tournament. That's basketball. Obviously, that'll help the Big Ten. But it's like the football side of things, which is what we're talking about, because that's coming up in 40 days, which is amazing. Can't believe that. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the ADs and the commissioner of the Big Ten thought about that ahead of time. And they were like, oh, Nebraska, like you said, Nebraska playing Northwestern, nobody cares. But if UCLA or USC is playing Northwestern, that's, that's going to, that's going to create some buzz. That's going to be something you can promote. Also, it was pointed out to me when I, I kept joking about renaming the conferences FS1 and Fox sports and ESPN and ESPN two. look at college basketball right now. We had FBI probes into major companies, Nike and Adidas mm-hmm. and influencing kids decisions on their choice of universities right that is proven with the federal bureau of investigation college football is now openly with no rules no guardrails no bumpers heading like a rocket ship towards that path 
if they're selling the TV rights to ESPN and Fox, what's to say Fox doesn't go out to, oh, you know, somewhere in the boondocks where the the fifth-ranked running back is in, I don't know, Des Moines, Iowa, and say, hey, you should come play for a Big Ten team. Here's a bag of money. Think about it. Or here's an ESPN commercial. You know, here's the illegal version of doing this. I'm going to sign you up for an ESPN commercial. You should play. Oh, I guess it's Fox Fox because it's Big Ten. But I'm going to sign you up for a Fox ad. I'm going to get you $3 million because you come be the running back for Ohio State. It is almost like directly related. Yeah, 100%. I, and I was I was wondering that too, actually. like Because the, the NIL deals, I haven't really looked into how much they have to do with the TV contracts. I mean, I guess they're – all that's they like don't, up in the air. They don't. They don't. Not right now. Not, not yet. right now. Yeah, not right now. Yeah. But you can see that that's snowballing, right? Right now yes. we're at a snowball at a 50-degree angle, and it's going downhill, and there's mm-hmm. nothing to stop it right now. No, um, nothing at all. I had something else else back there, but I completely blank, so we won't waste my t- waste your time with me going through the cobwebs. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the listeners, but the cobwebs of Massey's brain are pretty thick, so I don't I don't know where that went. All right, give me your critical number of the week. Just a reminder, I did my stuck on, but give me your critical number of the week. You did. You spoiled your stuck on. Um, critical numbers, I got two. Bring it. Bring it. Uh, $450 million. Dollars. I don't know. We always talk about this amount of money, and $450 mil? Seems like a lot. That's half a bill, right? Yeah. Half well, a bill it's like, almost. I was, I was like, I was about to say like Jackson's contract. Like, well, I don't know. Jackson. Oh, who's, oh who's, Mahomes. Mahomes. Excuse me. Oh, Mahomes. Mahomes. Uh, no, this is how much money after Dame Lillard signed his most recent extension with the Portland Trails Trailblazers. Shout out to Dame for going the Dirk Nowitzki route and saying, "I want to stay at home. I want to build around." I don't want to leave, but at the same time, yeah, it's great. He's making $450 million lifetime so far. This is only through his extension. I'm sure he'll, you know, tack on a couple, at least another 50 million at the end, make it half a bill for his like entire, I think this might be the highest amount of money somebody's made for a team in, really? in the, in the like longevity of their entire career, which is incredible. I like Damian Lillard's style. If, if someone yeah. were to do the, if, if he would, was going to do the KD thing or the Kyrie thing or the LeBron thing. It would be like understandable, but there's a bit of nostalgia like Dirk Nowitzki and Larry Bird and Magic and Jordan that all did it with one team. I mean, Jordan played for the Wizards, but who's counting? Um, well, he did a lot with the Wizards, though. <laughs> um, but that it is something to be said. It is a hat off salute, Damian Lillard sticking to it he's so good i felt yeah. bad for him last year he was i little, know i think he's he was a little banged, banged up. up yeah yeah all right i got second something. oh i'm Sec- sorry apologies go ahead no you're good second critical number has to do with the aforementioned two uh, elite quarterbacks in carolina 56 and 52 oh, that's not that's baker mayfield's contract got reworked so it's like worth 40 something so Baker, these are the amount of interceptions each has thrown since 2018, which ranks for first and second in the NFL. Baker Mayfield has thrown 56 interceptions since 2018. Sam Darnold has thrown 52 interceptions since 2018. Both drafted the same year, first and second in the league. That's that crowd, that, I mean, 
you got to think that Baker Mayfield was only throwing to Jarvis Landry and OBJ. So, like, can you blame the guy? And and half half of an OBJ, not you know, <laughs> OBJ that wanted out. So, yeah, it makes sense. And he also had – he only had Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb to run the ball. Like, what do you think was wrong with that offense? <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, not worried about, not worried about Baker. He does not move. He does not move my panic meters. Jameis and Brady. That's all I'm worried about. Um, good for those two though. Really racking up the stats, being buddies, being amigos. What about Mariota? Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. Yeah, not, I haven't given him a second. You're thought. not worried. You're not worried no, about no. Mariota. I read oh, that. Okay. I read that he was Atlanta's quarterback, and I was like, I'm just gonna put I read, that. I read that. <laughs> yeah, I really did. I was like, oh, I was like, who is the Atlanta? I know they got Mariota. Um, but oh, there's got to be somebody started? else. Yeah. And I checked the depth chart, and I was like, Mariota. That shop? Is this Matt is Schaub still there. This no. is what you're gonna do, Mariota. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, my critical number: 18 years old. Don't say anything dumb. Don't say anything dumb. <laughs> uh, the this has to do with my. <laughs> Yep. All right. Nice. I'll take it from here. It yep. is the age that Adam Silver said that he's going to drop the mm. age restriction from 19 years old to 18 years old in order to be drafted by the NBA. And part oh. of my reasoning, if you can get drafted by the U.S. government to fight in a foreign war, you might as well be able to get drafted by the NBA and make a bunch of money. So he's trying to do the, which is a good idea to go back, be kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Go back to the old school method, the Garnett, the Kobe years, yeah, and allow for the yeah allow for the high school kids to have a chance. So again, again but also this is this is how interwoven the NBA and college basketball are. They they said you have to be 19 years old to be in the NBA draft. They that's because people thought that Kevin Garnett, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant should should play at a college like. I remember when Magic Johnson played three years with Michigan State. It's like, well, that was a different world. We lived in a different world then. So, with I wasn't this, alive, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the world didn't have me in it, so obviously it was different because right. I've been changing the world since I was born. Um, a twinkle, a twinkle in your father's eyes, the, as the kids say. The um, right? so. Adam Silver, I am assuming, is doing this in direct response to the NIL money and to the. And into the paying done one and done. The one and done thing yeah. only existed because the NBA boost like right went from 18 years old to 19 year old in order to be drafted. And that's where the one and done thing became a problem. So Adam Silver went ahead and came out and said during the next collective bargaining agreement, which isn't for a couple of years, this is going to be one of the chips on the table. And I think it's directly linked to NCAA basketball. It, it, it there's no, they're directly correlated. And that's, that's pretty cool of Adam Silver to kind of counter to be like, well, if you are going to pay your kids, then I want to pay your kids, and we'll we'll make them uh, we'll take them in the NBA before you can pay them and you take them off to college. No, no, I like that. I like this chip to be to be presented to the table. I think it's one of those like, if it, if it wasn't broke, don't fix it. And they tried to fix it, and they need to go back. And you know, I know it's not it's like progression, but like bring back an old model that actually worked in the first place, and they yeah. shouldn't have gotten rid of it. So. Another thing is that they, because the, he was saying that because they can identify players so much earlier due to the AAU system, which mm -hmm. everyone, if you're a loyal fan of the show, I have credited AAU system to 
bringing basketball up to its current state of competitiveness and current yes. state of skill that you've ever seen. I mean, look at look at past NBA. Be like, what about the glory days? I'm like, there was one person on the floor that could shoot a three. Now there's five. Yeah. So point being is that he's we're able to identify these players earlier. They're more fully developed earlier, and they wanted to get them in the NBA system earlier. That is G League, Summer League, like we uh, mentioned uh, before. And he says he wants to like make them like mold them into men for lack of a better word or words. So when you say that, you're starting to sound like a college. Like you're gonna take over what college coaches kind of one of their main recruiting lines, like, I'm gonna turn your boy into a man. And maybe I said that backwards when I originally stated it, but the NBA no, the NBA is saying like we're gonna get them in our system and we're work on their mental health, their like finances, yada yada yada. I'm like, okay, you're just turning into a turning into a college. I don't know what the European soccer model is exactly. But it seems like the NBA is turning into the European soccer model. Yeah, that's true. And I, th- I feel like I don't know how much I, don't, I can't remember back then who, you know, nowadays I think about the players, the current players, and I can't remember what it was like back then if it was ex players or it was current players, but like, you know, CJ McCollum, Malcolm Brogdon, they're like, they're in charge of things as current players. And they're obviously going to put a lot of emphasis on taking the younger players under their wing and make sure they don't, you know, stray and do things that are those problematic are in, yeah, yeah, put those them are, in trouble yeah. as young kids. Those yeah. are individual efforts. It seems like the NBA right. is making an organizational effort to say, we need to educate these, these men on big boy stuff. Like how many yeah. college classes did you take that said, Hey, here's how to change your oil or here's how to do your taxes or here's how to none. Yeah. Like, Everyday stuff. Hey, you got some extra cash lying around? Here's uh, buy some Bitcoin. Not that's a good idea. Don't take investing advice from us, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. All right, trainer, give me your stuck on this week or no? Yeah, stuck on. Yeah, no, no mine was. Um, I was going to say when you said eighteen, I was like, I thought of Zach Wilson. I thought he doesn't yeah. really like the he doesn't like the eighteen year olds. He likes the moms, which is great. And he's I was from BYU. He's probably twenty seven. Yeah, so he's a big Cougar fan. Yes. Yes, yes. So I was wondering, are the Jets back? Is Zach Wilson cool? Is the Jets quarterback cool again? All right, so should we just go ahead and explain this in white-gloved, padded terms on what the story is surrounding Zach Wilson? This is Community Radio. Okay, Zach Wilson's girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend ratted Zach Wilson out ratted him out because she is currently dating a commanders washington commanders current player i don't dax, know what he plays dax Moline. he is he is a wide receiver at wide receiver thank you who used to play with zach wilson at massey's byu who massey thinks will be in the college football playoff this year you should have seen him play last year dude they were like listen, listen to our previous show um and she outed Zach Wilson by saying, well, you know what, if Zach's going to, you know, if people are going to come at me for saying that, like, I'm stepping out on Zach by hanging out with his old roommate, college friend, college teammate, Zach, Zach's been dating his mom's best friend. Yeah. Here's a, yeah, here's a newsflash. Um, our relationship ended when I figured out that Zach Wilson was 
dating his mom's best friend. And yeah. you know what happened? The NFL community was like, dang, Zach, oh. let's go, buddy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. nobody, nobody was like, how dare you, Zach? I'm sure there's somebody online that's like, how dare you, Zach Wilson? And maybe if, if he's... If he's committed to a relationship and then it figures out he's he's being un uh, or disloyal, then that's one thing to commend him on, but not commend him on, but strike <laughs> yeah, him down. Funny. No, strike him down and say that is not good. But he didn't get that. Like, the maybe backlash, the, Mormon church, yeah. the Mormon church. Yeah, maybe they you know strike him down. They're all about polygamy, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> point is, the point is, is that. Everyone kind of backed him up. We're like, oh, dang, Zach, oh, way to go. Yeah. Like, What's up, Zach? Yeah. We're like, well, who, I mean, I'm sorry her ex-girlfriend treated you the way cool she did Zach, on the yeah. internet. Hey, but like, yeah, double cheese. Yes, in and out. Double, double animal style. EB, let's get some in and out burger. I want to see Trainer eat it on live broadcast. Your overalls are adorable. Where is it? All right, all right, all right. Come on. All right, so my my stuck on. We went over, we went over with the college football. Uh, I knew I should have locked that door. You gotta, you know, when you're podcasting at home, you can't, you can't let, uh, you can't let things distract you. This is the dedication that you get here on Teton Sports. Someone's offering you In and Out Burger, and you're like, not now. That's temptation, man. Well, it's it's embarrassing. It's not Whataburger down here. That's just that's just sacrilege. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. In and out. Those California people. Do they actually know how to no cook? Cal- oh, yeah. They don't put enough spice. You need a yeah. secret sauce. Uh, my stuck on was the mega conferences and college football realignment and ESPN and Fox getting into the NIL mix. Um, give me your quote slash question of the week, trainer. The new commissioner, I mean, honestly, if I was him, I wouldn't let OU and Texas in any meetings. What? Oh, this is, uh, and now that it's kind of weird thinking about this. This is Mike Gundy, Oklahoma oh, State. Oh, yeah, dude. The, mullet, the mullet man, the mullet coach who loves, you know, he loves uh, far right uh, wing uh, media outlets. <laughs> Did you see him in that shirt that. last year? The one. Oh yeah, what was that short? What it was, was like short? one, one, one news and one is an acronym for kicking ass, rock flag and eagle. I don't know, <laughs> rock flag <laughs> and eagle. Uh, that, I don't know. I don't know what one news network is. I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um. Anyway, I'm a man. I'm 40. Yeah. And as I as I approach 40, I I think back to how long ago that was. Where I was like, man, that guy's 40 years old. That's that's so old. It's so so weird. But anyway, to, to, to keep us on topic, this is something Mike Gundy said about not wanting to have OU and UT, uh, the Big 12 version slash SEC, well, the SEC Big West version yeah. of Apparently Texas is coming to the SEC UT. West. I love it. Go they ahead. They will become he, – he's basically saying they're going to become spies for the Big 12. This is – or sorry, become spies – yeah, for the Big 12 to take information over to the SEC about Big 12 football, which I thought was funny. This isn't a part of the quote, but it's kind of like if you read into the context of it, of what he was trying to say. Those guys are spies. I they're bet spies. you they're, they're going to take the, they're going to take all that information. They're going to let they're going to let the SEC know about it. I bet play. you they got a commie flag up in their garage. They're spies. <laughs> um, Mike Gundy is an always an interesting character. It's very funny to watch Oklahoma State and Baylor get thrust into the spotlight because they're like, guess what? Y'all played for the Big Twelve Championship last year, and now you're favored to be Big Twelve champions. 
what do you have to say about that? And usually who takes all those questions is Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma or Stoops at Oklahoma. And now there's expectations for them to win the Big 12. And Mike Gundy's like, uh-oh. I hope, I, don't, I hope I don't say anything dumb we're, here. How's my mullet? Is it nice and feathered? We're the Yeah, this is nice and feathered. Um, yeah, we're the last – we're like one of the last good teams besides Baylor that's still left in this conference. And, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I didn't even think about that. That's that's well said. That's well said. What is a uh, feathered mullet? No, no, no. The whole part about Oklahoma State, him saying like, oh, oh shoot, the, the spotlight is now on us is like the elite Big 12 team one of the two now that like the big boys, Texas and OU are moving on to the SEC. It's like, Oh, Baylor and Oklahoma state. Those are kind of like the big, the big boys are big guns around. Gosh. Could you imagine if Oklahoma state made the six extra inches to the pylon to go to the college football playoff last year? Oh yeah, that's right. The, I mean, you remember that Friday night lights moment? And I'm not talking about the TV show. I'm talking about the movie where you yeah. come up just yeah. short. That was yeah. Oklahoma state last year. And I don't know what Gundy does with expectations, but expectations could not be higher in Stillwater this year. He doesn't usually do well. He doesn't usually do well. I feel like it's like any time Oklahoma State might have beaten Oklahoma or they were better in Oklahoma that year, they always kind of fell flat. You know, I – it's just funny. I feel like, you know, I feel like Gundy, he said he's kind of, he's the Dame Lillard of Oklahoma State. He's like, I'll be here forever. He's but got I a ten, he, I think he's got tenure there, honestly. He's oh, like a easily, lifetime tra- I, contract. I, yeah, he said, I, I'm a man, I'm 40. He must have been like in his 20s when he said that. But I, I think that, or sorry, I was in my 20s. Yeah. Now he's, now he's, excuse me, now he's in like, now he's like in his 50s or 60s. But if, if, is, if the rest, if the audience could see how the wheels were turning in your brain, <laughs> And that I just like didn't immediately Time pounce work? on yeah. that. You were like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, no, wait. It's got to be your ball. Your ball. But Go ahead. He would be such a good SEC West football coach. He would for, fit to in have, perfectly. Yeah. Oh, man. He'd be great. Could you imagine who would be, Gundy? Who would be and, the team for him? Who would be the team for him in the SEC West? Like, honestly, Arkansas, that guy's kind of boring, right? Like, who, who yeah, would be the right? Yeah, he's a good recruiter. Oh, you're, you're talking about him jumping ship and going to the SEC West? Yeah. Who would be the right team for him to land with? Oh, uh, Ole Miss is Lane Kiffin, which is so perfect. And Mike right. Leach is already at Mississippi State. Jimbo at right. Texas A&M. Right. Um, Auburn. Auburn. Imagine, Ooh, imagine like being Auburn. Saban's Ooh. foil. I like it. Saban's Ooh. heel is, is Mike Gundy. You got Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly and, and um, Mike Gundy for Auburn. <laughs> He's next. I'm, oh. I want it. I want to see it happen. I do want it. I want this now so bad. My question of the week, and I've already answered this question, but I'm going to propose it to you. Condoleezza Rice is named in the Bronco, the new Bronco ownership group. She has ties to Denver where she went to college at DU. Mm. She had a PhD from DU. She's very famous for being an esteemed academic at Stanford. She's really good at foreign policy. She was uh uh, she's very good at national security, Russian polit- politics. She was the secretary of state from 2005 to 2009. She was on the college football playoff selection committee. And I was going, I was racking my brain. I was like, Condoleezza Rice has her fingerprints all over college football while also having these academic accolades, but also having a pol- like a successful political career. How does she fit in the co- like football? Not only college football, but football. No, I remember when she got, yeah, I, I remember when she got the, and I'm not saying this is not something of like, oh, I remember, I remember when she got a, a spot on the committee for the college football, what a campaign, what is that, what is it called, a committee? The selection committee. committee. Or selection committee. 
And it was like, you know, a lot of the uh, Mike Gundy's of the world were like, oh, a woman's on the panel? Oh, no. And I was like, no, that's great. I'm glad there's women's progression. That's great. I didn't really understand what the context was, though. So I didn't know why specifically she had been selected. So I I was do – you, do you remember why? Um, No, I, I don't remember why besides that she's probably got sound decision-making skills. Yes, you know, <laughs> like yeah, she, sure. Oh, you wait, you served as Secretary of State in the Bush administration? Those were some heavy decisions being made from 2005 to 2009. Holy yeah, smokes. Yeah, that's true. And there's a, there's a lot of – there's a lot of – I think she's good with like – Probably lot, big personality. She served big under personality. Remember she's good Dick with Cheney? Like, remember that yeah, guy? She, exactly. She's good. She's big personality and she knows how to handle a room amongst a bunch of like dumpy old white men who just like are stuck in their ways. She knows how to command those rooms. So I feel like that was probably had a lot to do with it, but it had really nothing to do with the football part of things. She just knows how to like navigate those. So I pieced it together and yeah. all of it makes complete okay. sense. Have you ever heard of the phrase coach's son? Coach. He's yeah. a coach's son. Oh, he's so intelligent at football. He's a he was his dad was a coach. Oh, he like look at the nepotism going on in Syracuse with all the uh um why my Beheim's son's like oh he's a coach's son. He's a smart. Oh, player. buddy Beheim. Yeah, I was gonna go with Belichick and Belichick's defensive coordinator. His son, the guy with the other feathery mullet who sticks his tongue out on the sideline. Well, that's because he's about, right? uh, doing Snooter McGee's. Um. Point, yes, point, point uh, being is someone's like, she is the daughter of a high school football coach. And I was like, oh, I was like, if you're if yeah. you're a coach's son or a coach's daughter, you probably know football. Not only yeah. do you understand like the X's and O's, you probably get the culture as well. All you had to say was you gave her entire resume and four paragraphs in. I got to figure out she's a coach's daughter. No wonder she's involved in football. That makes complete sense in my tiny brain. Yeah, I never read far enough into those. I never just Googled Condoleezza Rice football and it would have come up. I never read. I Googled why is Condoleezza Rice associated with football and all these accolades came up and all of a sudden it was like coach's daughter and I was like, why didn't the he- why is the not this not in the headline? Yeah, she's the oh, who was it? Um, Hayden Pettier in the movie the movie Radio. Isn't she the kind of the coach's daughter? Or is uh, that remember no, the no, Titans? I, I, uh, Am I thinking of remember the Titans? Uh Denzel. Oh, you mean um curly yeah, Will, Will curly Patton. blonde hair? Yeah, Will Patton's daughter in Remember the Titans. Yes, not radio. Yes, yeah, yes. That it's that that type of like little, like younger girl, like the coach's son, the coach's yeah, daughter. If you're, who's like, if you're a coach's daughter, and, and you're yeah, into X's and O's, right? Yeah. Like what, you should you should have said that in the beginning. All right, trainer, right. we're on to our. Uh, actually, I have a quote of the week too, and I guess I should have said this earlier when we we're talking about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson came out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he uh, took a picture with him and his wide receiver core. They're up in uh, up near Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, on a on a retreat, and they're all doing some workouts up in Coeur d'Alene. His current Jets receiver core, or his old friend that's uh, dating his ex girlfriend. No, I don't think he was invited. Uh, okay. Current current teammates, and his yeah. caption read: "Took the boys to Gozer Ranch Club in Idaho before camp. Poor cell Ooh. service. What I miss." Oh, <laughs> it's one of those things. Where I was like, "Yeah, solidify, solidify this guy 
as uh, go to the week, which guess who my go to the week is? It's Mr. Zach Wilson for everything we just said. So let me kick it to you. Who is your goat of the week? That's great. It's so funny. Like, uh, did this start with Brady bringing uh, like Amendola and not Wes Welker, maybe Wes Welker and um, Edelman? To Wes Montana. Welker like, has it's not like won. Taking, a, has Wes Welker like taking, won the Super Bowl? No, it's like it's like taking Wes Welker did not, but it's like taking the boys. It's like the quarterback taking his boys out west and playing in the Montana Idaho area, you know. <laughs> it's no, like, it's just it's just. Hey it's boys, been like we're a, going out west. And we're learning how to pass. It's been a trend. I'm going to take you out into my ranch. But, yeah, uh, Jack Wilson had a pretty quiet first year with the Jets, and now it's just blowing up in the offseason, which is great. Mine, I missed uh, I missed um, the time period. or Prompt. I did not have – we ran out of time two, two shows ago, and I wanted to speak about Jason Cockrack, and I know we did not. He's my go to the year okay. so far. Okay, whoa, not, whoa, go to the year? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean – between talk about Talk about Jason for me. So Jason was the the uh, the golfer who had played 35 holes and had decided after he hit an errant shot on the 36th hole that he wanted to just kind of walk off and not sign his scorecard and just say I'm going to go play for the Live Tour. So Jason oh. Cockrack, just want to give him a shout out. Yes, yeah. okay. That's Jason Cockrack. That is that that is so funny to think about. Be like you're getting up to your last hole of the day. And you're like, man, this PGA guys are super cheap. And you hit a bad shot, and you're like, you know what's gonna be really sweet is the Live Tour Jet. Did you see yeah. the? Did you see the inside of the Live Tour Jet? No, I've not. Oh, we we posted on Instagram. It's just like, it looks like a you know, fancy boats. I don't know how to say it. like the when you walk into a fancy boat, there's granite a mega tabletops. Yacht, like, Gary, like Gary Jones's mega yacht. Exactly. It looks exactly yeah. like that. And. Yeah. There's just a video. It's an anonymous guy taking the video. Maybe it is someone we know. I don't know golf. Anyway, point is, Brooks Kepka is sitting there. In a, <laughs> I don't think he did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brooks Kepka is sitting there in a jumpsuit, clearly sitting at the bar, and he's and he looks like he's like trying to play cards. And I was like, yeah, that yeah. was like fun. Lip yeah. PGA, your move. Like, what are you gonna do? Private jet gambling and at a, a in the ten thousand feet in the air, mile high club, whatever it is. Uh, no, and, and, and yeah, I mean, speaking of Zach Wilson, my high club. Yeah. I'd say like they can still play the British open, which starts today, tomorrow on Thursday. So it's like, there's nothing really, there's no reason to even, I mean, yeah, if you're playing, if you're playing 18 holes and then you're playing your second 18 and you, you stink it up in the last hole of that second 18. Like, I like, s- oh, I already have a deal. Greg Norman's already hit me up. He's already, uh, Greg Norman slid into my DMS. He wants me to play live tour. He has a contract in front of me. You just start thinking about signing that scorecard with a, you know, 74 versus I might as well just take the bag, as they say, and play for the live tour. Yeah, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go sign something else. I'm not going to sign this scorecard and waste my signature. I'm going to go. I'm going to put my signature on a contract and hop on a private jet. Um. All right. We have just a little bit of time remaining. Do you think you can do a draft off the top of your head? This is a segment of the if we were creating our I own always can. when we were if we were creating our own mega conference in the theme of conference realignment who would you start with who is your first five teams that come to your head and i'll allow you to go first who would you start with and and we're done with the huddle we're now yep. on to this new segment yeah called Graham and trainers draft Graham and trainers 
Graham Trainer Massey's draft for their own mega conference. <laughs> Who is Catchy your first? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. The acronym Graham G T A M M C. Who would you draft first in this mega conference? I was about to start looking things up, but I'm not going to. I'm just gonna go off the off the hip. I would say. So I'm thinking about the future. Think about Saban. He's 88 years old. Um, he's older than Jerry Jones. Um, I would say I trust him to pass the car keys down to the right person. So I'm going to go with Alabama. Okay. Alabama was, was actually my fifth pick. Fifth? Fifth pick. Fifth pick. I feel like Alabama. This is coming from you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm doing it kind of based on the idea of, of television rights and making okay. money and making sure my corner office in the conference overlooks a beautiful landscape, that kind of thing. But aren't you aren't you using a lot of the you know the data for the past decade and a half now to make those decisions? Yes, but so like Alabama before Nick Saban was was absolutely nothing. They almost got the death penalty. And, but the SEC was still good. So, like, so people were watching the SEC. Like, uh, people were okay. watching Chris Leak's Florida smash Oklahoma for the national championship. There was eyeballs on the SEC. And so I feel like Alabama as a cornerstone might be a little diminished if you're starting your mega conference once Nick Saban leaves and if they have a lull. Like, Alabama winning is what is drawing people to the television and what's drawing more fans in. Alabama's recent success and past history will dictate the fact that there are more Alabama fans now than there ever was before because they're winning. Right. Yeah. And so I took some teams okay. that no matter what people are going to watch. Okay. So that okay. was kind so of my top when I was going along my thinking, that was my top tier. And Notre Dame was the first per team I could think of. They have been on NBC for the past 30 years. NBC has locked them up and said, you are going to be part of our program forever. We're going to make you central, front and center college football. I mean, before ESPN and Fox started making mega conferences, it was NBC with Notre Dame. And so I feel like Notre Dame is a cornerstone. Even when they're 8-8, eight and eight, they are getting viewers to the television. So Notre Dame would be my first pick. Okay, good point, good point. I appreciate that. And it, this is this is actually uh, an un unbiased opinion I appreciate. I feel like Alabama would have been the first thing to come out of your I, I feel like you set me up. That was a trick question. You'd make me pick Alabama. They're on fifth on your list, but I got you. Dude, I'm That's so good. I'm so good at putting your brain into pretzel. You, you, you always regret things when I start explaining things. You're like, oh, well, okay, I guess that makes sense. All right, who's your, yeah. second, who's your second pick? Damn. All we, right. don't, we don't have I'm a lot go, of time here. All right, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Yes, Ohio State. Win or lose, those Buckeyes. That last year they had an average of 5.22 million viewers per week. Ohio State Ooh. is one of those staples, just like Notre Dame. And if you're going to take Ohio State, I'm going to go ahead and say Texas. Because no matter oh. what, people watch Texas. Their athletic program budget is absolutely absurd. Texas is one of those teams that has been bad 
since Mac Brown left and Colt McCoy. Oh, Colt McCoy's little arm got hurt. Careful, careful. Colt McCoy's Colt. arm got hurt in the national championship game, and he couldn't play anymore because someone blitzed the right side, and he didn't see it coming. You can't cut back on Alabama's defensive line. Alabama. Oh, there's Alabama again. There we go. Did you see Colt McCoy play Alabama? You're s- he you're sat sleeping out. On Alba- you're sleeping on Alabama. Colt McCoy sat out that game. So I have <laughs> Notre Dame, Texas. You have Alabama and Ohio State. That's very good. We'll go. What's your next pick? I'll go Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's there. They have been – this is their first national title in 30 years. And guess what? People still watch Georgia. I watch Georgia. They have good football down there. Mark Rick couldn't take them to the – couldn't take him the distance. Kirby Smart is setting something else. Georgia has millions of more people than Alabama. Millions of more people yeah, than Alabama. And I think about I think about Atlanta, and I actually bring uh, not to bring baseball into the show this week, which yeah, you know how how dare I? But yeah. the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Braves are kind of tied to Georgia. Where like they're very regional. Like everybody yeah. around that those those surrounding states, they love Georgia football. Even though they're, they're maybe they're in Kentucky, they're in Virginia, they're in, you know, Mississippi. They still love Georgia football. All right, so my my third pick, in the same vein as Texas and Notre Dame, Oklahoma. They had three point four six million viewers a week. That is, wow. Um, that is uh, eight eight hundred thousand more than Notre Dame, one million plus more than Texas viewership. Oklahoma, no matter what, has some sort of sorcery over the Midwest, and they get butts in the seats. They do. Now I have the hardest. This is the hardest one. I got to pick the sixth, and I got to figure out who do I go L.A. market. I don't want to. Ooh, it's oh, there. Mass is nodding. It's there. Mass is nodding. If we were on TV, Mass, you would see Massy nod there. We mentioned it earlier. We mentioned them earlier. Not oh. USC. We mentioned earlier. Yeah, we, no, we, oh, you mentioned them earlier. I thought you were going to say we mentioned this team earlier. I was going to say Oklahoma State. Um, <laughs> I no. would go with, ooh, man, is it an ACC school? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, Clemson's been on the rise recently. Florida State has their the panhandle of Florida, but you're in a crowd of competition between Florida State, um, Florida, and Miami. So there's – I guess so, – Go ahead. I mean, it's Clemson or Oregon, I guess. Yeah, I, I, would, say, I would say Oregon. You're right. Um, Clemson doesn't, doesn't, isn't, isn't a blip on the radar when it comes to viewership, but there's plenty of Greenville fans who love Georgia football. Like, I feel like that's South Carolina. That's proximity of a, of Georgia football. That's been around for decades and decades. And like, that's regionally, they love that team. Oregon would be the, yeah, the cream of the crop in the PAC 12 and pretty much had the best, uh, college football program the past almost 20 years now on the, on the Pacific uh, coast. Yeah, and and there's and there's something to be said. Oregon had two point five seven two point five seven million viewers per week. Notre Dame had two point eight four. So Oregon Ooh. is up there when it comes to loyalty and, and eyeballs. I'm gonna go ahead and pick USC because one, it's name brand. If you can get them semi decent, people will watch. And if you're on a national, you know, like I said earlier, they're on a, a noon kickoff time on the East Coast. People are gonna watch USC. That LA market. It seems like when they lose, they are irrelevant, but it will be different when I put them at noon kickoff in the Eastern time. So USC will be my fourth, my third pick. Quickly do your fourth pick, and I'll quickly do mine. Ooh, I'm not going to go with NYU, even though they're in a big market in New York. Um, I don't know about their football. Their full- <laughs> ten Damn. seconds. Uh, ten seconds. Ten seconds. Um, 
Um, I guess I'll go with Miami. I think Miami. I think Miami is there. I think Miami. They might, is there. To, they might go to the SEC, and they're like one of the top picks to go to the next power conference of the South. Yeah, so, and yeah. I, and I'm gonna take uh, uh, a a Big Ten team. I'm gonna take Penn State three point eight seven viewers per week. But that is all the time we have, sports fans. That is it. That is all. Download the podcast.